This is episode 112 of Hebrews in Exile with our honorable teacher, Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And as we read the Masoretic text, we come to find out and understand that the Most High is in complete control of everything. When individuals think that they're acting upon their own accord, they're really not. The Most High is shifting and moving things so his will can be completed. So we talk about in this podcast, stay tuned, more to come. Hebrews in Exile, you know what we do. Let's go! You're the harvest, you're my light, you're the creation, you make everything right. This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton, and this is Hebrews in Exile. Ambassador Appleton. Ah, statesman, governor. How do you do? How do you do? I am well. I am well. I can't complain. The Most High is, uh, Eye has given me strength beyond measure that um, to understand the mitzvot and operate within the mitzvot today. So I, I am not worthy of the things that he's given me, and I'm appreciative and with all gratitude. So I'm, other, I'm doing well. And yourself, sir? I am doing fair to me. Fair to Midland. I use that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair to Midland. That's right. And with the Most High, I'm doing well, I do believe. Mm. And the thing, the thing that's always <clears throat> at the fore is understanding our relationship with the Most High and coming to understand His relationship with us as he imparts to us wisdom, mm. knowledge, and understanding. Yeah. There is nowhere for us to go, but as we talk about matters, but to go to text. Sure. Because text really explains everything. and. To go to text, I'm reading some things in um, one of the mystery books. Mystery? <laughs> mystery? You label it a mystery, why? Hey, huh? Why do you label it a mystery? Uh, because to those who don't know, <laughs> they're mystery. Ah, okay. To those of us who know, they're not mystery, but they're substantiations of things that have previously been written. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I'm learning is that you cannot, the text is written in, can be written in allegories and in metaphors. Sure. We know that. Mm -hmm. But when we look at the allegories and metaphors, we have to then attach the allegories and metaphors to that which is real, which is being spoken of. But mm -hmm. you can't do that unless you have uh, uh, a plethora of information in how the Most High talks about things. Yeah. You know, as an observation, you know, um, it's, it's interesting how we, our delivery and how we speak, I've noticed, is gosh without trying to sound like something 
you know, the way the Most High talks to his folks, his people, his yeah. prophets, his yeah. seers. Yeah. He speaks to them in visions and allegories, and sometimes those things need to be explained because yeah. of the complexity of the Most High and right. what, what does he do. We do and it's the same thing that we do a lot. We make an allegory of something, and, and what he does is makes a vision of something, yeah. that's, which is an allegory to yeah. something that somebody has to explain and say, this is what this actually means. Right. So it's, it's kind of... I'm going to say ironic, but it's, yeah. it's, it's in parallel with text. And in order, to or, in order to understand the metaphors and allegories of the Most High, you have to read, you have to read the whole text mm. to understand what he's talking about. We're going to deal with some of that sure. uh, tonight. The political climate is has diabolically shifted from anything that is relative to that which is we've seen that we could call normal. Mm. And this political shift is directed at melanated people. Mm -hmm. Not to say that this has not been the case ever since we have been in this exile, but understanding it from a textual perspective causes me to understand things that are relative to current events of today. Mm. Mm -hmm. It does not matter, it does not matter how well you speak, it doesn't matter how well a few of us climb out of the crab bag to ascend out and further uh, arrive at some point of success in this world. It does not, that, does, that doesn't matter. Because Hebrew Israel let me say this to you. Okay. Hebrew Israel, in wherever she is, is too great a people to be totally hogtied and held down. Sure. Agreed. Agreed. She totally cannot agreed. be. Agreed. Totally agreed. She cannot be. Yeah. Her disp yeah, the where she's been dispersed. She just yeah, like you said, she can't. And and my problem, my problem with current events issue is that our people are not understanding the dynamics that are placed before them mm -hmm. in their clamor for justice and for anything that has to do with righteousness. Mm within the fiber of this time that we are spending in exile. Right, right. I mean, I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to sound political, but the, 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 but the temperature mm -hmm. that is being, that is being pervasive in these United States and not only in these United States, but also in the UK and 
other places in the world uh, is something that you have to pay attention to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, when we look at our, our, our ancestors, um, they were, matter of fact, one that comes to mind, I think, is, is, is Daniel. And as he was taken into the court of uh, Nebuchadnezzar, along with those three Ibir, they were a part of understanding. And you have to understand the climate of what's going on. So they're seeing from a political standpoint, from an administrative standpoint, how Nebuchadnezzar is, 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 is pushing his power against the people of the Most High. And they're acquiescing to it. They're just, you know, going along, along with the flow. So there's, our, I guess my point in bringing that up as I'm rambling along here is to understand that some of our ancestors were put in positions of political uh, prominence and they were able to see the, the things that were going on. And as they did, as the seers or prophets talked, they are expressing I believe what you're talking about is, hey, this climate that we're in right now, look at the things that are germane to uh, our uh, political state, our economical state, our, our be just being disconnected and disjointed from the Most High's misfold and the land. Look at the state that we're in. All of this. Yeah. And it's, it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of, if you take away that aspect of kind of that religious side of whatever you try, everybody tries to put the prophets in and you look at it from a standpoint of, 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 of a realistic standpoint on where they are and what they do on a day-to-day -day basis, it's, it's all they're talking about is the political climate of Assyria, the Persians, all of them. The Greeks. The Greeks, all of them. The Romans, yes. Yeah. The idea that there is a suppression in relationship to this new uh, term that's called woke, wokeness, and with the depravity of people being, our youth being exposed to truth, mm -hmm. and that truth being uh, legislated away from them is a further sign of the oppression mm -hmm. that is germane to people of color, the melanated man. Yeah. I think that, that term woke is very interesting because on the one sense you have, you're being aware of the things that are around you, but I think it's being used incorrectly in the sense that, you know, what, what do you consider woke? Let me just volley it back to you. What, well, what I mean, do you consider woke? And in terms of what I'm listening to, mm -hmm. this idea of teaching our youth the true history of this nation that we're exiled in mm -hmm. and the suppression of legislation sure. to suppress them from being able to do that. Right. Right. Now, I, 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 and, and, even the idea of the issues that are germane to the uh, LGBT plus mm -hmm. uh, community, that's part of a nation, that's information from a, from a, I don't want to use the term religious, but from a, uh, from a, what's the word I want to use? 
fundamental, fundamental Christianity wants to suppress that information, one, wants to also uh, prevent these people from being people in the land, in the world. And, mm. and, 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 my, and my thought process, I hear what I'm saying. In my thought process, people that are born in a way that they have no jurisdiction over of changing their gender type mm -hmm. as opposed to those who voluntarily try to change their gender type. There are people who are born with a gender type that is part of this narrative that in my position, I'm saying, let people live. And secondly of all, how are they harming you? Mm. Three, they're not carrying AR-15s and creating mass murder. Right. But the people that are in this point seat of oppression, that's a community that is doing harm to mankind mm -hmm. and has no real feelings about changing the direction of this nation that we live in. We're the only nation in the, in the world that has this, this affinity with guns. True, true, violence, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. See, because what I thought you were, gonna, we're talking about, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I don't want to. No, go ahead. Because when you said something about the suppression of information, the, the, the first thing I thought about was CRT, which is critical race theory. Yeah. It's the ability to say, these are the things that have happened in this country that um, have, even from uh, individuals that have been influential in the shaping of this country that have been of melanation, to actually start exposing those truths to say, well, it's this issue that we spoke about before, which is a technical term called pedagogy. And what it is, it's basically saying, if it happens all the time, even with us in here. I'm presenting you a truth, and sometimes the underlying issue of that truth will make you feel guilty because you're not the one that's benefiting from that truth anymore. So you feel offended by what I'm telling you. If I go and, like we've always said, the melanation of these individuals that are shown in that Masoretic text, you cannot get away from it. It is written in there. You can emphatically prove it, but you can't teach that to everybody. It's a truth, but the underlying truth doesn't, it's not mass appealing. So therefore, we have to put people in a position of power to say, let's suppress that truth, because, which is getting back to that classification of being woke. Well, why do we have to be woke? Why do we have to learn about all this stuff? Why, why, why did, and even when we were in Christian, Christendom, we started going down this primrose path that, you know, not, not that it's wrong, but Yeshua is a black person. And as this, you expose the fact that he's a melanated person, you know, some people just 
won't ever acquiesce to that. So the, it was brought to even to, to my attention to say, well, why do you guys keep talking about melanation of these people? Why is it melanated people all the time? Why do you keep talking about it? You know what my answer is? My answer is, well, you didn't seem to have an issue when he was of your persuasion, melanemic. I see his picture at the end of every grocer's aisle on Time Life magazine yeah. as being depicted a certain way. Yeah. And then when we go to truth and ex expose it and exhume it, now it's a problem. This thing that's, on the, and matter of fact, it's probably political in one sense, but there's a movie that's out on Netflix. It was produced, I believe, by Jada Pinkett Smith called Cleopatra. They are up in arms about this movie because it depicts Cleopatra actually being a person of melanation. Of which she was. But I'm, which she was. So I'm saying, at the end of the day, it's kind of ironic and hypocritical because you didn't have a problem when Liz Taylor was playing that part and she was melanemic all day long. That was so historically inaccurate that it wasn't even funny. But the moment we lean towards truth, now we got a problem and now we have to suppress it because it's not the status quo of the country. I support what you're saying and say, hey, listen, this is the United States. This is a part of the nation. We are Hebrew Israel. We're a part of the Ibir. We don't prescribe to the things that they want to prescribe to. So let them do what they want to do. At the end of the day, when it comes to text and being germane to text, we'll, we'll exhume what's there in rightness and in truth. Let's go somewhere. Yeah. Let's go to text. Yeshayahu, Isaiah, chapter number 10. It's interesting how this particular text opens. It opens in a way that says, that speaks to the very issue of where we are today. Mm -hmm. It says, woe to those who enact unjust decrees and draft oppressive legislation to deprive the impoverished of justice and rob my people's poor of their rights, looting widows, preying on orphans. Let's just stop with those two verses. You got two, almost three mitzvot in them two verses right Give them there. To me. Number one, you're going to look there and it says, Woe those to an, who enact unjust decrees and draft oppressive le legislation. Right there, that speaks to me when you look, go to the book, when you go to Judges, there's a, a whole litany of mitzvot talking about how to not take bribes, not how to do these other things. If you're a person of power, you're supposed to act justly and forthrightly. All right, and so, the mitzvot talk about not, not judging unjustly. That's correct. And then the second one that really pops out to me is really that, that it's really emphatic right there when it says looting widows and preying on orphans. We are mandated by the mitzvot to protect them, not to take advantage of those individuals. But I also want to make sure that we make a distinction for those Christian brothers and sisters that are listening to us that this is an ebrier way of looking at this because someone could look at this as a Christian and say, yep, you're right. United States, we shouldn't be doing inact justices and decrees and oppression of legislation. We're talking about here in this text, 
the kingdom of the Most High, which is set up on the mitzvot of the Most High, not set up on the U.S. Constitution. Right. So we got to make a distinction here because somebody could look at that and say something different. Like, well, it. Please, please understand. I, I have to. I have to. Um, I have to help our our listening audience who are not Hebraic in thought and and vocabulary. Ebir. Ebir. Yeah. Is the correct Hebrew word is the correct text word that is the expression of the English word Hebrew. Hebrew, yes. So when we say Ever, then we're talking about Hebrew because that's where the word comes from. You would take, uh, you take what? Uh, um, Ever. Ever. Yep. Yeah. And it, in his lineage, it, yeah. it speaks from Eber all yeah. the way down to Noach, to, Sh to Shem, and you track his lineage all the way back. Eber, and any time the, the Hebrew word, any time Eber shows up in the Masoretic text, they always translate it to the word Hebrew. Hebrew. So I just want you to understand that. Now, woe. Woe means low, means that something, when the Most High uses the term woe in any context, it's not good. Right. So he's saying it's not good to those who enact unjust decrees, draft oppressive legislation, mm. to deprive the impoverished of justice and rob my people's poor of their rights, looting widows and preying on orphans. So now, if we look at this nation. Sure. Yeshayahu chapter 10 speaks volumes to the legislative process that is currently in play and has been in play over uh, since the time we, we've been here. Mm -hmm. The only problem is now that I would suppose to say that I would like to say that we're better informed, but I, I'm not sure that I can say that because uh, James Bond was in, was 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 uh, very well enlightened about this kind of thing. Uh, there are other melanated people that have gone down in history that have been enlightened about legislation that has been drafted, that's been oppressive, that have deprived the impoverished and just and robbed the most highest people. It's just that today, for our generation, at our time. I'm seeing it. Sure. And I don't know that there is anybody uh, talking textually about this issue. No, no. To point out the injustices that are legislated, that are depriving the Hebrew people of their rights, of what, they, what they're entitled to by the Most High, no one's talking about that. So now he goes on to say, uh, what will you do on the day of punishment when calamity comes from afar? To whom will you flee for help? And where will you leave your wealth to so as not to squat among prisoners or fall among the slain? It's kind of a rhetorical question because you already know the answer to that. Even <laughs> after question, all yeah. this, his anger remains. His unraised hand still 
threatens. Now, praised hand still threatens. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we're listening to the Most High talking about the injustice, the the injustice that is being uh, laid upon his people. And he's also asking those who do this, what will you do on the day of punishment? In other words, he's already said, woe. So since he said, woe, there is a time and a day of punishment that's going to come up on the nations that do these kind of things and have done these kind of things in the past and the present to the most highest people. What, you, what, what, I, what I'm really trying to say here is that you need to understand that the most high has decreed that my eyes are always up on you. Mm-hmm. One. Two, I have not forsaken you. And three, I will exact punishment upon those who decree un- unjust acts upon you. Mm. Now, the problem with that is that we want it now. And the most high, the most high, we have to look at the character of the most high. What is he? He's he's full of grace, he's full of mercy, and he's slow to anger, Mm -hmm. and he's long-suffering. So, with this in mind, we got two things in we got two things in play here in this particular text. We have a nation of people, as we're going to read on, whom the Most High has chosen to do this. So now, when we come back and think about what's taking place, these uh, inact unjust decrees and oppressive legislation, you have to realize that these nations are operating under the influence of the Most High. And it's right here in this text. Yeah. As we read on. Just keep that in mind. Now, and how do I know this? Because when we get down here to, to chapter, to verse number five, there's the nation. Oh, Asher, the rod expressing my anger. I've chosen you, so to speak. The club in their hands is my fury. I'm sending him against a hypocritical nation ordering him to march against the people who enraged me to take the spoil and the, sp- and the plunder and trample them down like mud in the street. I've mm. chosen. Listen to the words. I've, I've chosen. Asher is my rod expressing my anger. Where we are in this exile, 
the nation that we've been exiled to is the rod in the most high's hand that's expressing his anger. And we don't understand that. Mm. We have no one to tell us that. Mm -hmm. We have everybody hyping us up on about, well, uh, I got a word that your day is going to be thus and thus and this is going to change. Nothing, nothing is going to change until the hearts of the people, the most high's people, change and turn back to him. So he has appointed nations to be a rod in his hand. But let's look at something. So we know we're, we're thought, so we're looking at Asher. I'm sending him against a hypocritical nation. Mm -hmm. Israel is a hypocritical nation. Hebrew Israel is a hypocritical nation. Okay? Mm. What that is that is not what Asher intends. Now, let's go, let's understand something here. I'm sending him against you to take the spoil and plunder and trample you down like mud in the street. But that is not what Asher intends. That is not what they think. Rather, they mean to destroy, to cut down nation after nation. So the nations to which that Israel is placed under the influence of the leaders are functioning at the behest of the Most High to be the whipping boy to bring Israel back into line. But the nations that he has sent them to, it is not their intent to do that. It is their intent to destroy you. Mm. And to destroy you in a malicious and in a way that is not the intent of the assignment. They've gone outside the assignment. When Israel was sent in, when Hebrew Israel was sent in diaspora, it was an act of punishment. Mm -hmm. But a punishment that was not intended for the nations to which that they were sent to treat them in a manner that was totally inhumane. Okay. That wasn't the intent. Okay. As, as, as the text lets us, lets us see. It tells us. To take, to take the spoil, plunder, and trample them down like mud in the street. But that's not what the nation's intents are. For their king says, aren't all my commanders kings? Hasn't Kalnol suffered like Kermish, Hamat, like Arpad, like Sharon? Like, these are cities mm -hmm. that, that the Assyrians took authority over and captured. Aren't they the same? Mm -hmm. Just as my hand reached the kingdom. Now this, this, is, this, is, this is the nation of Asher talking. He's, he's going to become arrogant. So we need to listen to the arrogance of Asher, then listen to the arrogance of what the nations, the, what this nation is saying about, talking about today. Okay. Look, just as my hand reached the kingdoms of non-gods, 
with more images than Jerusalem and Samaria, so won't I do to Jerusalem and her non-gods what I did to Shomron and her idols. Hmm. So now, the nations say, we look at America as being one of the greatest powers in the world. Yeah. And how America has uh, conquered other nations. Mm -hmm. And we didn't conquer them in the same light as we see conquering in scriptorial text. We didn't go into these nations to make them uh, democratic nations. Mm. We simply went in there to, to destroy the oppression so that the so that the people within the nation could establish their own government. Okay, that's what America did. Okay, but America has this arrogance about her that says she can do whatever the hell she wants to do mm. to whomever she wants to do it to, even within her own portals. Okay, that's kind of what this text that's is talking, talking about. about. Okay. Therefore, when Yahweh has done everything he intends to do to Mount Zion and Jerusalem, I will, now, I will come back and I'm going to punish the king of Asher for the boasting that comes from his proud heart and from reveling his arrogant looks. Mm. See, now let's go back up here for a minute. Go back up here for a minute. Just as my hand, okay, his, yeah, the most high. Yep. Now he says, now, now here, now, Assyria is speaking in an arrogant tone. Mm -hmm. He says, with my own strong arm, I have done this. With my wisdom, because I'm so clever, I erased the boundaries between peoples. I plundered their stores for the future. As a mighty man, I subjugated the inhabitants. My hand founded the riches of the peoples like a nest. And as one gathers abandoned eggs, I gathered the whole earth. Not one wing fluttered, not one beak opened to let out a chirp. This is not the most high speaking. Yeah, this is, yeah. This, this is, is the, the nations, nations speaking yeah. about what 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 they have done. So mm -hmm. now we look at this exile, and in this exile, the oppressing nation kind of takes on this attitude of boasting about what it has done. Look, uh, I have taken. Everything that you people are about. I've taken your music. Mm -hmm. I've taken your art. I've taken your 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 industry. Mm -hmm. I've taken I've taken your 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 um, your creativeness mm -hmm. and everything that you have created. I have taken it mm -hmm. and I've made it mine. Yeah, and some intangibles that are in there too. Like I've taken your 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 spirit and your your ability, and what I mean by spirit, your 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 the idea of who you are as a, as a people, your theatrics, your jazz, your music, your hip hop, your 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 arts, um, your 
your uh, your your everything that you have created uh, the the, um, the 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 computer the the uh, the uh, um, um, the portable the wireless the portable phone the ability to create and, and do open heart surgery uh, blood blood transfusion everything that you melanated people have done we have taken hmm. and our hands have found that the riches of the peoples like a nest and as one gathers abandoned eggs I gather the whole earth not one wing fluttered not one big opened to let out a church. Mm. You listening mm. to the narrative here? Yep. This is what this is what Assyria is saying Same. about Israel, mm -hmm. Israel and Jerusalem. Now, prophet now comes and he asks these questions. Should the axe glorify itself over one who chops with it? Should the saw magnify itself over the one who moves it? It's as if a stick could wave the hand that raises it up, or as if a wooden staff could lift. A person who is not made by wood. Mm. What's he, now, what's he saying? He's saying to you, well, if you're the instrument, can the instrument glorify itself mm. can, yeah can can in other yeah. words the instrument is in the hands of someone mm -hmm. and in the hands of someone it's being orchestrated by it's being orchestrated by something else correct correct can it boast can the saw boast can the stick boast no no it's in the hand of the one who's using it that's being orchestrated by a spirit. And that's the right. spirit in this particular case <laughs> in Isaiah that's orchestrating this is the most high. I chose you, mm -hmm. Assyria. You're the stick. Yeah, you, you're the strap. You're the belt. That's you're the saw. The, that's the spanking, doing the spanking right you're now. You're the axe. I chose to use you to do what I ask you to do. Now, let's go on. Therefore, the word Lord in this case, in the Hebrew text, is master. Therefore, the master, Yahweh Sabaoth, Yahweh of hosts, will send lindness to his well-fed ones, and in place of his glory, a fire will be kindled that will burn and burn. Now, here is one of those metaphors. Because now we got to ask a question: Who are the who who are who who are this who's this leanness? Therefore, I will send leanness to this well to his well-fed ones. Who are the well-fed ones? Hmm. Well, the well-fed ones in the text goes back to who are we talking about? We're talking about Assyria. Mm -hmm. uh, Shennacherib, who is the king of, of, of Assyria, has a plethora of generals that go out and do his thing. 
And in this particular case here, what's taking place, they are so caught up in themselves that in going into attack Israel and Jerusalem, they haven't even bothered to take the, the kinds of weapons that they need to take. So the Most High says, you know what I'm going to do? Your generals, I'm simply going to strip them of their power, leanness. Mm. I'm going to strip them of their power. I'm going to reduce them to nothingness so that they will recognize that whatever is taking place, they're not the ones that's doing it. Mm. So when we look at this United States, somebody asked me the other day, do you think that we're in judgment? Oh, heck yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh, heck yeah. Every sign, every sign that is, that is of a negative uh, connotation or even every sign that is of a destructive nature is part of the Most High's judgment. Let me, let me add to this or let me volley this your way. When the Most High moves for Hebrew Israel, it's not just in the United States, but world, worldwide. worldwide. Yeah. So making it specific to the United States, yes, he's judging the United States, but he's doing it everywhere. Now, inside this text, the 17th verse becomes prophetic to Hebrew Israel. Mm -hmm. Now, you guys have run your mouth. You've talked about what your hands are doing and what you're going to do. And I'm coming back to tell you that I am going to reduce your army and your men to leanness to where they become ineffective. Mm. And in this ineffectiveness, what I'm also going to do, I'm going to cause Israel to become a fire and his holy one a flame burning and devouring his thorns and briars in a single day. But now we have to understand what's going on here. The glory of his forest and his fertile land, he will consume body, soul, like an emulet wasting away. Mm. So few trees will remain that a child could sit, could list them. Those three verses are textually talking about something that happened in Israel's day. Hmm. Let's go back and look at something. The point here is right here. His if you home. don't know if you don't know what Yeshayahu is about, Yeshayahu, the book of Isaiah, is about the kings of Yehuda. And there's one in there that's, in, that's particularly of interest that shows up in Isaiah chapter 9. Shall, shall we? Yes, go there for a minute. 
We shall. Let's go. Let's back. Let's back. Let's back. Back. Back it up. Let's back it up. Where was I? I was. Where was I? Was at. You were right there. Seventeen. 17 okay. Yeah. Let's back up to nine. Interesting. Let's go all, you got all the way back up to the first of nine. Most High has a, a definite pattern. Let's lock it up. And hasn't changed It starts from it. right. It starts... No. Is that yes. it? it starts Before right here born in, chapter, in chapter 9, verse number 6. Here we go. People who do not study Scripture do not know what this text is talking about. Right. This text right here is a reference to the Holy One that is mentioned in chapter number 10. Mm -hmm. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. Dominion will rest on his shoulder and he will be given the name Pele Yoetz el Gebor Aviad Shar Shalom, which means wonder of a counselor, a mighty El, father of eternity, prince of peace. Within that text, <laughs> there are two individuals or two, two facets that are spoken of. One is that this right here. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. Is that, is that past tense, present tense, or future tense within the text? So a child, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. So that is past. Well, I'm yeah, come on, come I'm on. Is it, is, that's future. No. Okay. Is it past? Present? No, no, no. That's both wrong. Let's try door number three, Alex. It's present tense. It's present tense. Because it's what's happening right it's now. It's what's happening right now. Right. Yeshayahu is talking about something that's happening now that within the whole book of, 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 of Isaiah, Yeshayahu, he comes up several times in text. Okay. Okay. Here's the first time he comes up because what is being what is being promulgated or what is being spoken of that's headed their way is Shanakarib. The Assyrians. Okay? Okay? So <clears throat> who's he talking about? He's talking about King Hezekiah. Chapter 9 is not talking about some guy that's going to show up 400 years, years later, later yeah. okay, mm -hmm. who doesn't do, I'm going to use Deion Sanders' word, doesn't do a darn thing to promote anything that's peace amongst Israel. Mm. When we look historically, 
during the reign of this so-called demigod, Israel was, Jerusalem was in turmoil. Sure. They were oppressed by the Greeks. Mm -hmm. They were oppressed by the Romans. Mm -hmm. And they were, and they did not have their own rule. They were being ruled by the Romans. And mm -hmm. he did not stop it. Correct. Correct. In our case of text here in Yeshayahu, the reason why this word right here apply is 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 germane to him and right here let's go and uh, 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 uh. and this right here let's take it all the way down to here is mentioned to Hezekiah because during Hezekiah's reign, he took out Shennacherib, the Assyrians, okay. he destroyed them, and during the time of his lifetime, there was peace, justice, and righteousness, and the throne of David was once again brought to the fore. Mm. That's why. So when we get down here to chapter nine, Chapter 10 and verse 17, where we were, we there? Nope, keep going. One more. When we get down to here, the Most High says, His Holy One, a flame, that's talking about Hezekiah and the fact that Hezekiah is going to be the one that's going to destroy the Assyrians and, Hezek and, uh, uh, and, and Sennacherib and the glory of his forest and the fertile land, he will consume body, soul, like an emblem, wasting away. So few forest trees, so few of him, of them will remain. The trees are, are Assyrians, mm -hmm. will remain that a child could, could list them. them. Right. On that day, now, this is this is this is this is very interesting on a man who struck him down. This is very interesting because this word right here, remnant. Yeah, that word right there is one of the most important words that's written about Israel. Mm-hmm. And you know what's, what's interesting about it? What's that? Is that in the book of Jasher, in the book of Jasher, the Most High, in the beginning, in the very beginning of the history of Israel, and the people of Israel mm -hmm. and the prominent individuals, the Most High is always using a term remnant. Mm. That's mm. very important. Mm. So while we're looking at the fact that there are, there is a, there is a nation 
that's as large as the sand of the sea and the stars of the sky, the Most High is really only concerned about and dealing with the remnant. A remnant. Hmm. The few, the brave, not the Marines, but us. Yeah, so, so, so on that day, a remnant of Israel, those of the house of Yaakov who escaped will no longer rely on the man who struck them down, but will truly rely on Yahweh, the Holy One, uh, the set-apart one of Israel. Mm-hmm. So now you've got to look, you've got to look now, not at, not at the present, but to, because Yeshayahu yeah. is prophesying to a current time then, but he's prophesying outside that realm into a future realm sure. that affects Hebrew Israel. When the Most High destroys and brings judgment on the oppressing nations that he assigned to oppress us, mm-hmm. and that's over, mm-hmm. Israel's no longer going to be looking for well, we need, we need, we just need, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, no justice, no peace, you know. That's yeah. not going to be the cry. Yeah, you won't be seeking Because you're it. not going to be looking to not, the yeah. nations to deliver you. You will be looking at Israel. Right. Looking and, at now the most watch high. this now. Watch this now. A remnant will return the remnant of Yaakov to the mighty El. Mm. For although your people Israel are like the sand of the sea, which I just said, only a remnant Remnant. of them will return. Destruction is decreed overflowing with justice. Mm. See, this is what's crazy. This is beyond our time. This is sometime beyond us. Yes, it's, 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 this it's, is not. No, this is not. This is in the future. Yahweh Elohim Sabaoth will bring about this decree, destruction, throughout all the land. Therefore, Yahweh Sabaoth says, "My people living in Zion, don't be afraid right. of the nations." Right. We use an Asher, but Asher is part of the name. Don't be afraid of the nations, for even when he strikes you with a stick and raises his staff against you, the way it was in Egypt, for it. For in but a little while, my fury is going to end, and my anger will have destroyed them. Mm. Now, what do we have to look forward to? Why are we in this exile? Because the Most High has found himself angry with us. But he says, my anger is going to end, and when my anger is in, I'm going to take out vengeance upon the nations who have oppressed you. Right. Right, right. Yahweh Sabaoth will wield a whip against them as he did when striking the Midians at the rock of Oreb and his staff was over the sea. He will raise it the way it was in Mitzrayim. This right here is talking about something that happened in the book of Judges. You're familiar with that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. On that day, his burden will fall Whose burden? The fall of the nations that are oppressing you 
will fall from your shoulders, his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed by your prosperity. He has yet to come to Ayat and pass through Migron. He has stored his equipment in Milkas. Now, now he's 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 changed the he's changed the tone kind of mm -hmm. about what's up here, and now he's going back to talking about the Assyrians. Okay, and I mentioned this earlier. What did they do? They didn't think that their, their generals thought their generals thought that. Okay, let me use a current a current analogy. Okay. Russia thought they were just going to run in on the Ukrainians right. and run out. Mm -hmm. That's this. Okay. The Most High saying the Assyrians thought that they didn't need all of their stuff, so they left it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Where it, where it was. They have crossed the pass, then lodged in Giva. Rama is shaking. Giva. And Shaul has fled. Cry, shriek, Bakgelim. Listen, lavish, poor Anak. Mamida is in flight. The people of Gibbon take cover. This very day, he will stop at Nob and he will shake his fist at the mountains of the daughter of Zion at the hill. See how Yahweh Elohim Sabaoth lops off the branches. Lops off the branches with terrible violence. Now, the branches, the branches are who? Guess who the branches are? The branches are the Assyrians. Mm -hmm. So he's locked them off with terrible violence, and the ones standing highest are chopped down, and the lofty are laid low. He will hack down the forest underbrush with an axe, and the Lebanon in its splendor falls. Mm. He's talking about the nations. That's right. And he's talking there about the Assyrians. Oh my goodness, look at that in 11. Yeah, uh, we ain't gonna go there. But a branch will emerge from the trunk of Yeshai. Who is Yeshai? That thinks, people might translate that as Jesse. Who's Jesse? Who's his son? A shoot will grow from his roots. That's King David. That's King David. That's it. The spirit of Yahweh will rest on him. The, the spirit, spirit of, of wisdom and understanding. understanding. The spirit of counsel and power. The spirit of knowledge and fearing Yahweh. He will be inspired by fearing Yahweh. Wait. <laughs> he will not judge by what his eyes see or decide what his ears hear, but he, he will judge, judge the impoverished justly. justly. He will decide fairly of the humble in the land. He will strike the land with the rod of his mouth and slay the wicked with the breath of, of his lips. lips. That's not talking. <laughs> that's about, not talking about Christ. That's not that's talking about the demigod. Now, what's my point in all this discussion tonight? If my people, yeah, this is the rule, it's in Chronicles. Mm -hmm. My people are not any religious order on the face of the earth. That's not my people. If my people who are called by my name. Now let's, 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 let's deal with that for a few minutes. 
the people that are the Father's people that are in exile, the majority of them do not no, want to be called by the Father's name. Mm. Not at all. So how is Chronicles going to work for you? It's not. If, if, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, I would hear in heaven and I would heal their land. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to be the Father's people and you don't want to be called by his name. So it's like, it's like Torah, the principles of Torah. Mm -hmm. You can't use the principles of Torah outside the scope of the, of, of the purpose for which that they were granted and they were granted only to Hebrew Israel true. and they only work for Hebrew Israel. It's true. Very true. So your prayer for healing the land ain't going to happen. Not in one bit. And the nations, as Assyria was to Hebrew Israel, mm -hmm. that the Most High has decreed to bring judgment on you, is still going to raise havoc beyond the scope of the intent of the Most High, just like Assyria did to Israel and it was lying. Mm. And wow. and the political climate, let me go back, let me go back as we close tonight. Let me turn this back on. Let's go back. And this is going to continue, I want, I just want one, come on. This, ah, come on, <laughs> is going to continue to be the narrative. Verses one through two. Whoa. Is going to continue to, those to be the narrative. When act unjust decrees. Now, let me say something. Huh. The Most High had an answer to the political climate when Joseph was the viceroy of Mitzrayim. Yeah, sure did. That was a political issue. Sure was. But he had a person that he could trust to hold to the principles mm -hmm. of Hebrew Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay? Sure. Joseph was not an idol worshiper. No. Joseph did not go outside the scope of who he was to the Most High and his allegiance to the Most High to become like the people of Mitzrayim. Mm-hmm. So the Most High could trust him in a political position to be viceroy over Mitzrayim and deliver not only his people, but the known world at that time, he delivered them from starvation. Delivered, yeah, delivered the world, yeah. You know where I'm going with this? You know I, where I'm going with this? Come on, lay it on me. 
in this world climate, we need a person that is true to the Most High. Not Christianity, true to the Most High, mm -hmm. His ways, that can function in a climate that is opposed to him, like Daniel. Daniel's in a political climate also. Yes, he is. That can, that can stand in a political climate. No, not hope. No, that the Most High L has got your back mm -hmm. and stand up and declare the power of the Most High. Mm. And pray for his people. That's, yeah, that's that's what we need in this yeah. climate that we have. That's good. Now the question is <laughs> the most high will open the door for the person that has the right heart. Now let's understand something. Ah, I'm running out of time. And you're going to talk about this this week in, in your teaching, mm -hmm. or some, some week's time. King David didn't wake up one day and say, uh-oh, I think I'll serve the Most High. No, not at all. Uh, but let's back it up. Let's back up. Let's back, 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 back. Let's, let's back up. Let's go get Father Abraham. Father Abraham at his birth, didn't wake up one day and decide to be a monotheistic person who was going to serve one else. He didn't wake up one day doing that. Mm. From his birth, his birth identified who he was going to be in history. Sure. And the Most High found him to be the person who would be the orchestrator of the Hebrew people and the nation who would be destructive of, of unrighteous people. That's a great point, and I think probably the catalyst or the paragon of what you're talking about could be attributed to uh, Abraham because he's not only he's standing in that position that you're talking about in his father's house Terak is his father and his father is an idol worshiper and he's able to stand up in the midst of all that and still be faithful and true to the most high which i'm glad you brought up king david because one of the things that that is germane to um david is and it's a point and it's, it's shown to shimuel at the time um, that he's looking for the next successor is that I look into the heart of a man. So you guys look at the appearance of what someone looks like. You want somebody to look and function and fit the part. But I see the inner workings, the Most High does, of what this person is made up to be. And just because you don't see it doesn't mean that I'm not going to use that person. So, yeah, at, at, at the end of the day, the behest of who the Most High uses on this chessboard of life is up to his his decisions on how he wants to move things. And I we're believe, just in retrospect just finding out what he's doing. 
from the most high to saying what? Yesterday, today, and forever. And forever. So anything that he's done in the past, he can do again. Sure. Now, I use the word I believe, and I have to use the word I believe because I don't know. And the only time I'm going to use the word believe is in, in, is in terminology of something that I don't know for sure. Okay, come on, because I'm, so, I'm interested in hearing this one. So, I believe that if our people had a person of the of the spiritual perpetuity that Joseph had and that Father Abraham had and that King David had that in this climate that we live in not for the sake of staying here not for that sake but for the sake of doing one thing demonstrating as Yeshayahu does here in Isaiah and mm -hmm. all through Isaiah demonstrating to the nations your arrogance but through the power of the Most High through a man because the Most High uses a man because he's a spirit but he's, so he has to have a person he can trust but if that person were to stand up in the midst of this environment with the backing of the Most High, the world would be able to see the difference between that which is set apart and that which is not. I, I, I agree with you. That's, as I sit here, I'm thinking of the possibility of, in this day and age now, that's going to take a lot. Yeah. Because our people, like you so eloquently put earlier, they don't even have an ear to even want to hear what we're talking about. That's why when before off, off camera, off recorder, I had made mention, even when you had started, that the things that we're talking about and the subject matter that we're talking about is it's not edifying to people. Their mind is not geared towards understanding text. It's geared towards an individual and everything is geared towards me. I'm not geared towards a nation of people. I'm not geared towards actually uh, getting out of here and, and repossessing our land. It, none of that is being taught. It's really your well-being on where you're at right now. Get some cheap psychological therapy every single week and then go home and repeat. And as long as we don't the disconnection is always there. You're disconnected from the name. You don't even know what name to call on. You're calling on something that doesn't even have any power. That's going to take a lot. If, if a person was to stand up even right now, I don't know what kind of impact they would have because the, the, the training and the programming and the institutionalized mind that the Ibir have in this exile is so thick. The only person that's going to be able to turn that, however the Most High moves things in a place in a political climate to get them to see, because we've seen beatings in the street, our people getting annihilated and killed, and that does nothing. Does nothing to change. Not to change their mind. No. no. 
We've been screaming at the top of our lungs. This is the reason why. They don't care. Now, I know that it may have sounded like I was ranting this past Sabbath and my Sabbath teaching. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't. You weren't, no. I was trying to make a point that it is, it is imperative that our people know the value and the power that resides in the name of the Elohim of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Mm -hmm. It's the only name that's going to save you. That in, that in the midst of whatever the nations choose to do, mm -hmm. which I'm going to get to, because I'm going to start teaching. Matter of fact, my next lesson is going to be 40. I'm going to deal with 40, 40 through. Okay. Is that the deliverance out of the trouble that the Most High has predicted as we read in Daniel is only going to come to those people who are called by his name, one, <laughs> and those who know his name. That's right. Because only those that know his name are going to be delivered. That's right. They that call upon the name of who will be saved. Mm. The Lord. No, not the not Lord. Not the Lord. Not God. No, not God. You're going to have to know his name. Name. And it's, yeah. And if you're balking at his name now, oh well. Yeah, you can't call on Eye Yasha, Eye Yasha. You got, you, got you got a real big issue. So I don't know, that's, that's, that's where I'm at tonight. That's good. You know, I'm taught a class. I'm sitting here, I'm just yeah, soaking no, this you, all in because you, you, you aren't saying a whole lot. Because, you know, the reason why it, it is is because I'm in amazement of how much the prophets parallel the books that we have been told to stay away from. Oh yeah. This is literally, if you picked this up and put this and said that was an apocryphal book, it would read exactly the same. Oh yeah. Because the problem that we're having with the apocrypha is the same problem that we're having with looking at this from a Christendom standpoint. Because when they look at this, all they want to see is Christ. And it doesn't he's, make sense. He's not in the picture. Nowhere is he in the picture. <laughs> and the same thing with the Apocrypha. If you read it, it he's sounds no, he's identical no, to he's, this. He's nowhere in the picture. And, that, and I'm sitting here in an amazement to say, look at how the Masoretic text and these extra books that we've been told to stay away from. Matter of fact, you've motivated me tonight to actually, when I give him my teaching, to really take a page right out of the book of Baruch. Because I might just open up with that because it's so clear as to where we are right now and to understanding where we are. Like we were talking off camera last week is that you get the basis, everything goes back to the Masoretic text, but then you get these little details that shine light on things that give you this extra understanding and the scope of what the Most High is doing. If, I'm gonna close with this. Go ahead, yeah. I'm gonna close with that. If the teachers, if the men and the people that I hear so eloquently speaking on Instagram mm -hmm. had an ounce, an ounce of knowing 
truth from a Hebraic perspective, it could change the whole dynamics oh, of yeah. things overnight. Literally. If they only had an ounce of, just an ounce of Hebraic knowledge in relationship to Hebraic text and relationship to the Father. But the problem with it is, this doesn't motivate you to a height where you can dance the jig. No. No, yeah, and that's that's the thing. You listen to his teach, and you listen to that, and you're just like, okay, well, it doesn't motivate you yeah. to the point where where you're you're aroused in your in your spiritual spirit to do it. You're aroused in your in your fleshly spirit mm -hmm. because all that does is it speaks. All that you get on Sunday morning is something that arouses your flesh and you think your flesh is the other spirit. It's not the spirit of the Most High. It's your nephew. It's your spirit that's aroused. Right. You're entertained by that. Right. It's, you know what I call it? Call because when the, most, when the Most High speaks to you, it challenges your thinking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our people have this high school mentality or school, matter of fact, elementary school mentality. My son's nine years old. He's in uh, elementary school. You know, he's going through the motions right now with all that. This is what our people think. What do you want to go to the most as a child? You want to go to gym. You want to go to rec. It's charismatic. You get to play and do all the things that you want to do. You hate going to class to learn mathematics, have an understanding about anything else, but that's what you're there for to do at school, is to learn. You're not there to go to have a social hour all day long with your friends. And that's what's happening. Our people are stuck in this elementary mind of way of thinking about text and they're trapped there and they never get to the higher annals of information of higher education and learning because all they focus on every single Sunday is recess. Let's go to recess. Let's go to gym. Let's go to the pep rally. Let's focus on all the things that get you hyped and excited about just being social instead of giving you the tools that when you leave and go outside these four walls that are gonna make you successful. That's the same thing that's happening here. And I'm, again, I'm drawing an analogy here to say, okay, if our people, if the T.D. Jakes, if the Olsteins, if the whoever, the Kenneth Copelands, the, the whoever's, the Creflo's out there taught this. If they taught this, man, it would change, it would change, listen. Overnight. It would change the norm of society overnight. And here's the reason why. Because if they did it under the influence of the one that they think they've been speaking under, this changes it for sure because now when you acknowledge the name, mm -hmm. which is above every name, mm -hmm. that at the name of Yahweh, Every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess. Yep. When that name pops up in the matter of discussion and our hearts are turned to him, now you, now he has your back and now it's no longer you speaking, it's him speaking and him changing the earth because he has a vessel that he can use mm -hmm. as he did in the past with the prophets. <laughs> That's right. Yes. I'm the <laughs>
Well, this has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. And, and Sean Appleton. And this has been Hebrews, Hebrews in Exile. Exile. Shalom. Shalom.